Hi, I'm Wayne Rogers, and I invite you to meet me at the mountain. This is episode four of the Meet Me at the Mountain podcast, and I'd like to thank you to begin with for checking out this podcast, and I would invite you to check out any and all of the podcasts that are located on the Scattered Abroad Network. I'm grateful to have you along with me on this journey over the mountain. In our last episode, we talked about Truth's Mountain. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, John 8, 31 and 32. And it is unfortunate to see this in our society today, but especially to see it in the religious world is very unfortunate. The only place to find true freedom, as we discussed, in Christ is on Truth's Mountain. And this is something that I also had to work through in my own life and my journey, attempting to find the truth. There are a lot of religious voices out there who want to be heard, but we were reminded to test all things according to the Scriptures, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, as well as what we see by example of those noble Bereans in Acts 17 and verse 11. This is where we come to our discussion today. Considering Foundations Mountain. Foundations Mountain is based upon a scripture that is part of the Sermon on the Mount, found in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, where Jesus discusses, especially in chapter 7, to begin with our making judgments. He starts talking about judge not that you be not judged in verse 1, and he tells us to consider the plank that might be in our own eyes that we might help others clearly see the way that is the path toward holiness, according to verse 6, and that even our asking and our knocking and our seeking to find the truth is so valuable to us in this life. And in fact, he says, it'll be found, it'll be opened unto you, it'll be received. And so we see our personal responsibility uh, in this chapter as well, in verses 7 through 12. And these themes and and today's uh, lesson are are so closely related to our last podcast, having to deal with the truth. And because there are those who believe the truth to be subjective, and or maybe the case that they just outright reject truth today in our culture, it's unfortunate when we see this play uh, into the religious world as well, because this affects our eternal destiny. We need the truth in order to have life eternal. And what's interesting is we discuss these things. Jesus in this chapter in Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14, would talk about a choice that we have to make. Entering in at the straight gate or the narrow way that leads to life. And he says, there are few that find it. The broad is the way that leads to destruction. And he says, and there are many who go in it. And so we have a choice in this life. What path are we going to choose? Are we going to choose that majority-run and ruled path that is the broad way that the majority of people are, are on today and are going today and are preaching today, unfortunately? Or are we going to choose that narrow way? It may be more difficult. It may be a little harder to find. But again, if we ask and we knock and we seek, we will find the truth and ultimately receive it And then we have a choice. Are we going to live by it? But then in the middle of this chapter, we have a warning about false prophets who would come to you in sheep's clothing. 
and and they they look the part, right? I mean, these are religious folks, right? I, they're they're good people. A lot of them are, are good people, right? They they wouldn't lead us astray. They seem to be blessed in their lives, and 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 so that seems like God's approval, doesn't it? And so that makes it difficult for us to to sometimes see past those things and to. But he says ultimately, you'll know them by their fruit. And so we have this warning of false prophets in verses 15 through 20. And then we have our Lord's appeal to us, if you will. We have where Jesus says, beginning in verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter uh, into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And then finally, we come to our text where we're having a discussion about a foundation. Verses 24 through 28, let's read those together. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And then in verse 28, he says, And so it was, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his teaching. He taught them as having, as one having authority and not as the scribes. And so what we find here is that Jesus, in this discussion of a foundation, what sounds very similar, in fact, to the wise man's proverbs found in the wisdom literature of the Old Testament, we we even sing this song with our young people, especially during VBS times, uh, and they have a great time with it, right? The, the foolish man builds his house on the sand. The wise man builds his house on the rock, and that rock is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And Jesus' words taught throughout the sermon, now not just chapter 7, but throughout this sermon is the basis, is the foundation upon which we can build all of our lives. And the truth that Jesus taught concerning the church that he would build, how he would die for our sins, how how we can honor the Father by honoring him, are all foundational lessons that are, are taught right here because he starts talking about how they're thinking in their in their mind. They're not we're not supposed to be serving ourselves, but we're supposed to be serving others. We're not out there to uh, to put on an act or a play for someone else and to be hypocrites, but rather we're to to follow our Lord in this way. And, and so it's interesting that all of this is is taught by Jesus, and, and he's trying to change the minds of, of those who were listening to him to get them to start following him, But but it was going to take them changing their minds. And so beginning to build that foundation is what Jesus was in fact doing here, even in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, the Apostle Peter would write about Jesus, and he would talk about Jesus being the chief cornerstone. In 1 Peter chapter 2, it's interesting because 
in verse 2, Jesus says, as new, or rather, Peter says, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God, precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. In all of this, Peter is is trying to show, and he uses Old Testament passages talking about Jesus, the one who was elect and precious, that chief cornerstone, the one who was uh, laid as that foundation for all of mankind, for the church ultimately. Paul also would talk about that. Later, he would use that idea, but he would talk about our work. And he says, we are God's fellow workers. You're God's field, God's building, according to the grace of God, which was given to me, he says, as a master or a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he'll suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verses 9 through 15. So both apostles. Peter and Paul discuss that foundation of Jesus Christ. And he says, no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He is that foundation, his truth, his words. We have to follow him. And of course, Paul writes this as a warning to make sure that we continue doing those things that are pleasing to our Lord. In other words, continuing to preach the truth on that same foundation upon which Paul has laid that foundation, which is Jesus Christ. He has been preaching that message, the gospel message, the truth of Jesus Christ. And it's interesting because he's also going to tell us in in that passage, he reminds us if anyone's work, it's going to come against fire. And he says, if it's burned up, we're going to suffer loss. But if anyone's work continues, it endures, in fact, endures the judgment 
then we will receive a, a reward. It, it's sometimes very difficult to trek up Foundations Mountain. Sometimes it may be the case that we find that we've not been on the right building on the right foundation to begin with, and so we've got to we've got to tear down what we've already been working on, and we've got to start over. But wouldn't it be so much better to start with that right foundation, which is Jesus Christ, to start building upon that rock? Else we get to the end, else we get to the judgment day, and we find out that we've been building this whole time, our whole lives, upon sand. And great was our fall. No, that's not what we want. So we need to build upon that foundation, which is Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus says, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. So we have to do what Jesus says. And he asked on one occasion, why do you call me Lord and do not the things which I say? Luke 6 and verse 46. And so let us build our house on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for spending your time with me in this study. In our next episode, we'll meet at Temptations Mountain. We'll explore passages like James chapter 1 verses 13 through 16, and Matthew chapter 4, where Jesus himself was tempted. We'll see what we might learn as we trek up that mountain and dealing with temptation in our lives. Thank you so much for meeting me at the mountain, and may God continue to bless our journey up the mountain together. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.